You are listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org. You know, uh, when I first moved to Lewistown, I realized what it was like to move from Central Florida to uh, small town Montana because I got to town. Um, we didn't even let people know we were there yet, and yet folks in town knew who we were. Is that scary or what? For for an outsider, that is scary. So so uh, so that was my first introduction. Uh, having these guys introduce me is is uh, um, I, I just feel like well I figured. Most of you already know who I am. By the way, ladies, um, I, I need to tell you a, a little story. I need to ask your opinion if I'm okay. Here's why. I'm traveling to Montana from Tennessee. I'm leaving 82 degrees to come to Montana Temps. And it's a men's retreat. So I, and I packed. And, and, uh, and so when I get done packing and my wife's getting ready to we're getting ready to go to the airport in Nashville. Um, she says, is that what you're taking? And it's two little carry-on bags. One bag is my small laptop computer. The other bag is everything else. And she says, gone six days, carry-on. She says, is everything in there? I said, yes. She says, what about your coat? It's in there. She says, what about your, your jeans? They're in there. And, you know, and the list goes on. I won't elaborate. You, you know. So she says, well, apparently you're going to enjoy being wrinkled. Am I okay? Am I, am I wrinkled? Okay, now that, we've got, now that we've got that down, I need the ladies' help in one other regard. The guys now have listened to me. This will be the fifth time. Now, if their eyes start to roll back in their head, and if you start to hear this loud breathing, AKA snoring, just elbow them, you know, we'll, we'll keep them going, and let's see if we can get through this together. So, <clears throat> I'm going to share with you a story from the men's retreat, particularly since it was Ned who introduced me. So, <clears throat> I, I, think it was, I think it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, I'm sitting there, and there's these two friends, and they're sharing their stories of each other. And um, they're goobers. You guys know what a goober is? Uh, they're goobers. Are, are you starting to identify who I might be talking about? Uh, and they've been friends for 30-plus years. And, and the stories go on and on and on and on. I mean, it doesn't stop. Now, you have to remember, I operate mostly on coffee or water. There's nothing else. I've given up sodas. I just don't drink that. I operate on mostly coffee or water. And this was the men's retreat. So it was about 99% coffee. And one of these guys, yawn bearded one, uh, he, the stories didn't stop. They didn't stop. It just kept going on. And, and, you know, my back teeth are starting to, you know, the, my eyes are watering. And it's, it's, 
It's one of those things. You know, you're just trying to be polite, right? And it's going on and on and on. And finally, you know, and, and I'm, it's, it's almost time for me to get up and speak, as a matter of fact. And, and so it, it became a good excuse to run and take care of business. Have you ever noticed how friends love to tell stories about one another? Yeah. Well, this is Palm Sunday. And we're going to... We're going to listen to some friends' stories today about a very, very important friend. Um, by the way, when, particularly when guys get together and we talk about friends, we're, um, we're, we're about things, aren't we? Stuff we do, guns, girls, good times. That's what guys talk about, right? These friends talked about their best friend who was perfect. Now, what kind of stories would you tell about a perfect friend? Now, the two guys yesterday, Ned and Rick, I, I don't believe I would have told some of those stories. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I don't believe I would have told some. some of the, I did not recognize all the girls' names, and I'm just thinking... <laughs> I should recognize at least one name. And, uh, you know, is it, you see how it's going. But now, what if your friend is the son of God? And you've spent three and a half years with him. Now, the Gospels, I mean, it's great information. But do you realize that fully half of the Gospel content is about one week? Sunday through Sunday. We'll, we'll add the resurrection stories onto that, but starting that Sunday, Palm Sunday, all the way to the following Sunday. Mark is the one who dedicates more of his gospel to that one week than the others. But they all managed to get just about half of their story, not about the three and a half years. I mean, they tell the story, but they concentrate so much on that one week. And you have to ask why. Well, let's look. Let's turn to Luke chapter, uh, chapter 19. And we're only going to look at a few verses. You know the rest of this story. It's, it's that Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And, and that's, what we're, that's what we're observing today, aren't we? And Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem. Is it okay? Is it blasphemous if I leave this and go down there? I mean, are you going to be able to see me? I don't, I don't like hiding. And for a guy as big as I am, you'd think I'd like to hide. But I figure if I'm as this big, it's kind of hard to hide anyway. So we might as well, yeah. And we might as well get real, mightn't we? Shouldn't we? Yeah. So, so it's Luke 19. And Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem. And, and you know the rest of the story. He tells his disciples uh, to go and get the critter so that, uh, that Jesus can ride into Jerusalem. And, and it is incongruous, isn't it, that, uh, that here's this king who's riding into Jerusalem and he's coming in on such a lowly animal. You kind of figure, you know, why not a chariot? Why not a big team of horses? Something like that. And here he comes. But... Verse 38, 
saying, this is what the crowd is saying. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, why did I start there? Here's the thing about this week that I, I can't get past just moments for that week. And I think it's true for his best friends, too. As they're listening to it, you know, as they're relating his story, and they're trying to, trying to tell his story, the, the reason they spent so much time on that one week is they had so much to tell us, and it impacted them so much that they felt compelled to just share as much as they could. And so there's these, these phenomenal things that are going on that week, and this is one of them. Because on Sunday, he rides in a hero, doesn't he? Look at, look at what the crowd is saying about him. Did you catch that? Blessed is the king. I mean, they're thinking the son of David's come. It's time. And just a little fill in. The reason they're so excited, because there's these guys named Romans who are hanging around. And Jewish people weren't all that big on the Romans. And they weren't all that big that the Romans were calling the shots. And so they think, yeah, the Messiah's come. We've got a hero. But notice that very next verse, verse 39. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I think that is a startling moment. Because by Friday, he goes from hero to what? Zero. He goes from hero to zero in just a few days. And, and it's not just the Pharisees. I mean, already the Pharisees think of him as a zero, don't they? But they're thinking, by the end of the week, their thinking starts to affect everybody else's thinking. And remember, they're crying, crucify him. Crucify him. After they've cheered him on Sunday... They're calling him a zero on Friday. And I don't know about you that I, I, I don't think it says anything about Jesus. I think it says a lot about us, doesn't it? Have you ever had a friend that, you know, you thought was a pretty cool friend until they do something wrong, and then all of a sudden they go to, you know, they're, they're a hero one day? And this doesn't happen with girls, does it? That all of a sudden something happens and the caddy part comes out, right? Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden she's persona non grata. She's a nobody. She's, you know, all that girl, right? But we all do that. And these people did that with Jesus. But still, that day was important because... On that Friday, he still managed to be hero, didn't he? And, and I'm fascinated with what happens on that cross. Remember what happens on the cross? It, it, there's a couple of things that he does on that cross. While, while people are just spitting on him, you know, after he's had his back just shredded, to, to the point, by the way, that you could see his organs because his skin had been ripped off by the whip. And the flesh had been torn away. And then he says that 
that phenomenal statement, Dad, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And they didn't. Well, as a matter of fact, he even tells them as he's riding in, verse 40, he answered, I tell you, if these were were silent, those who are cheering him, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. So that's another moment, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. They didn't know what was going on, and he knew it. And so they're cheering him on Sunday, and he knows it. And he knows what they're going to do on Friday, and then he hangs on that cross, and he's pouring out his life for us, and he cries out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Now, that's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? But there's something else that happens on that cross that's, to me, if it doesn't take your breath away, you're not really paying attention. And it's that moment, remember Matthew 27, 46? He says something. He says it in one language, and we get the translation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever realized really just how important that is? Why is that so important? And why did the disciples, why did his best friends feel compelled to to just tell us every single thing he did that week, but particularly these things? Why was that one moment so important? And here's why. It's changed my life. Because at that moment, it wasn't just that he was asking for our forgiveness. But at that moment, that, that microsecond in the history of humanity, all my sins were on him. And his father turned his back on him. Uh, no, that's not the right way to say it. Do you know what really happened? In that moment, the wrath of an absolutely pure, righteous God is poured out against my unrighteousness and yours. And this hero took every brunt, every bit of that anger, that wrath, for everything you have ever done. Everything. And we don't like to really talk about those, do we? I mean, they're painful memories. But he didn't just talk about them. He took them on. And, well, do you know what the hero did at that moment? The hero at that moment, for every zero in this room, made each and every one of us a hero because he took our place. You became a hero through him. 
And, and by the way, just so you know, you didn't do anything on your own. You didn't earn it. You're not a, you might think you're kind of nice. And some of us are kind of, Rick, actually Rick's pretty nice, isn't he? Everybody loves Rick. I, um, I look at him and I, I kind of think Ewok for some reason. <clears throat> you know, he's got that look, doesn't he? He's a pretty nice guy. But I'll guarantee you, Rick will be the first one to tell you he's a pretty nice guy, not because he's nice on his own, but because somebody who is a hero made him a hero. He's been transformed from the inside out. And that's what happened that moment on the cross for you too. And for you. And for you. And you. And you. At that moment, you went from zero to hero because every bad thing you ever did, he took the blame for. And every good thing he ever did, he gave you credit for. Is that worth talking about? <clears throat> There's a guy named Paul. He wrote about this. And it's, a pretty pa it's one of the most passionate chapters in the Bible. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm not going to share all of it, but I want you to think about it. Because this guy used to murder Christians. He used to lock them up. He used to persecute them. As a matter of fact, he says he's not worthy even to do the things that he did. But he met this guy, Jesus, on the road to Damascus, and it changed everything, didn't it? Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know Jesus? If you follow Jesus, there's no condemnation. You're a hero. Notice as we drop down to the end of the chapter, starting at verse 31. And by the way, he talks about our future glory. He talks about what's going to happen. He talks about the good things that are coming. And then he says this. We'll start at verse 31. Read to the end of the chapter. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised. Oh, we're back to Sunday again, aren't we? Remember those disciples, those best friends? And all of this has taken place, and, and really, everybody is clueless. When did they really start to realize something was different? It's that Sunday they go to the tomb and it's empty. That's why they talked about it so much, and that's why we should be talking about it so much. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed is interceding for us in the... The Greek sense there is, he's our advocate. He's standing next to God. By the way, if, when you pray, this passage also tells you your prayers. The Holy Spirit puts in the words, even when you can't, when you can't 
figure out what's going on inside of you. And he carries it up to heaven. And right there at the right hand of God is Jesus. And so you've got the Holy Spirit interceding for you. And what he does is he gets to Jesus. And Jesus is leaning over, whispering in God's ear. And he says, Dad, this is one of mine. Now that's pretty special, isn't it? Who indeed is interceding for us? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are, yeah, back to that hero thing again. And are we heroes on our own account? No, we're heroes because of him. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verses 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? And that guy wasn't even one of the ones who was a friend at the cross. But he became a friend. Have you ever thought this about Paul? You know, we've had a pretty nice get-together, particularly with the men's retreat. Have you ever thought what men's, retre or men's retreats or church meetings or church suppers would have been like for Paul? The, the guy who wrote this and, and, and just can't wait to cheer this Jesus on. And he sits down and he's sitting across from Addie May and Addie May's husband is dead. Because when Paul was Saul, he killed him. Why can we do that as Christians? Because the Son of God, perfect in every way, hung on a cross and took everything that anybody has ever done and paid the price for it, and all of God's wrath poured out on, on him at that moment. And somehow, somehow we can't, after we've been forgiven, we can't get to the point that we realize the price has already been paid. And all we've got left is love. I think that's how Addie Mae sat next to Paul and could, I mean, just love on him. Can you do that? You have a responsibility. This story has to be told. By the way, every one of the people who told this story, they told it over and over and over again. As soon as they met people, what did they do? They told the story of Jesus, and they talked about this week, and they talked about that day, and they talked particularly about that Sunday that he rose up, that the tomb was empty, 
And they couldn't help but tell everybody they knew that story. So you have a responsibility. If you've heard that story and it's the first time and you haven't responded to it, you have to. And whether you make a choice or not, you're making a choice. Because if you do not choose him as Lord and Savior, you have made a choice. And it's not a good one. If you choose him as Lord and Savior, that's the right thing to do. But guess what? You still have a response. Because having heard it, having responded to it, having accepted it, guess what your next responsibility is? You have to. It is, it is something that must rise up from within you. You have to share this story. And so remember the friends that I talked about? I love those guys. It just amazes me that they're up here on this ranch and they're, they're I mean, they're working with you guys. And some of you are not heads, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you know, just, but then if you heard their stories, you'd know, um, yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that what we should be doing? Well, I want to share. Have you guys, how many of you have heard Chris Tomlin's uh, new song? Which one is it? See, I told him there wasn't, there wasn't going to be trivia today, and so I lied to him. What, what's the name of the song? Girls? Is, is he, is he worthy? I like the song. How many, how many know the song? How many have heard it? Pretty cool, isn't it? I don't want you to listen to Chris Tomlin. I really don't want you to re- listen to Chris Tomlin because um, he sings it. He does it pretty well. And if you've heard it, this is going to sound a lot like him. But I want you to hear my friend sing it because my friend is the guy who wrote it. Andrew Peterson I graduated with his sister. We were both in college together at Florida Christian. Great guy. Man, he loves the Lord. And this is part of his resurrection album. It's a trilogy. All Andrew, all Andrew does is talk about Jesus. And he does it over and over and over again. He's a writer. He writes kids' books. He's an author. And guys like Chris, he lives in Nashville, not too far from me. And, and I just, it blows my mind that that snot-nosed kid I knew in college is hanging around with all these bigwigs now. Yeah. But listen, listen to the words. Pay attention. It's beautiful, beautiful rendition here.
Pretty powerful. Is he worthy? Is he? You cannot, you cannot, you cannot walk past anyone, come across anyone without sharing his story. There's a group of us, we went to a school in Florida 20 plus years ago, and every one of them to this day, we're all across the country, still tight bond, and it's the same story for each and every one of us. I, I, I am an evangelist. 
I tell the good news. I will die, I think, preaching the good news. That's my dream. I want to drive home that last, that last point. And if I drop over in that pulpit and drive it home, oh, that would be the way to go. That's, that's our job. That's what we're to do. And remember, if you run across those people, <laughs> because there's, are there some people that are just kind of, they're annoying? <laughs> I mean, aren't there? Just remember, you can't get much more annoying than having your back ripped off and being nailed to a cross and crying out to your father to forgive the people and then take the brunt of every wrong they ever did. So when that waitress is just a little short with you, she needs Jesus, and the wrath was poured out on the cross for her for whatever she did, for that person who abused you or hurt you or took whatever from you, every bit of wrath was poured out 2,000 years ago on someone else. You get the story. Let's stand and pray. Oh, wait, you guys, I'm sorry. You do invitation, right? Let's stand and pray. If you have, if you have a decision for Christ today, it, um, I'm, I'm going to add, let me add one other thing, because I think there's mostly believers in here. And for, particularly for some of you men, it's been a big week. If you need prayer, I'm going to, some of you guys already know, I know I can count on you. If you're needing prayer this morning, uh, come up here and we'll pray. If you need to make a decision for Christ this morning, come up here and, and we'll help you with the decision. We'll walk you through what you need to know. If, man, if you need to make a change a new course in your life to be what God wants you to be, then that's what this invitation is for. Let's, Father, I just, I pray you have your way right now that, Father, you do great things in this room. And, Father, <laughs> our problem isn't you. I just pray we let go. In Jesus' name, amen.